ancient times, a man descended from the gods married a woman. While he was handsome and skillful, these traits made his brother-in-laws jealous. When he didn't return with the fishermen, his wife asked her brothers where he was. They insisted they didn't know, but their catch was larger than normal. She ran to the beach. Her husband was beaten beside the canoes. She struggled carrying him home and tended him as he teetered between consciousness. Worried her husband would die, she asked him what she could do for him. He requested she make a fire, then cut down the largest tree for it. She did, and as flames danced in her husband's eyes, he vowed their son, who would be named Long Log of Wood for the fire, would avenge him. The husband was the Maori hero, Tafaki. And this is Legends from the Pacific. Aloha, and thank you for joining us. This is Legends from the Pacific, episode 124, The Maori Hero, Tafaki. I am Kamuela Kaneshiro, a native Hawaiian professional writer, speaker, and Comic-Con panelist with extensive film and television experience. I study mythology, I've encountered unusual things, and I'm a geek. A big mahalo nui loa to you who purchased our Legends from the Pacific book one and left a rating. I look forward to giving you a shout out for your review. Just click the link in our show notes and purchase our Legends from the Pacific book one today. Later in this episode, your featured song in Hawaiian word. But first, I had to put in a little overtime on this one. As usual, I apologize for any mispronounced names or words and appreciate your understanding. Time passed. Tafaki recovered and they had a son. However, Tafaki felt... He should enact his vengeance instead of his son. Tafaki moved his family, made offerings to his divine parents, and requested to be granted knowledge in mystic ways. When Tafaki felt it was right, he cast a powerful incantation which brought a flood and killed those who wronged him. With his vengeance complete, Tafaki discovered Ponaturi, or water goblins, killed his father took his remains, and kidnapped his mother. Tafaki also learned he had a brother, Karihi. Tafaki found his brother and asked if he'd help rescue their mother and retrieve their father's remains. Karihi agreed, but confessed he wasn't knowledgeable in mystic ways. Tafaki began training his brother while they started after the goblins. Their journey took them to a hut on a beach. The dying sun rested on the horizon as the brothers approached. Their mother was at the door. She embraced them, wiped a tear, and insisted they leave. Why, Tafaki said, we can leave now. No, she said, they'll easily chase us down. You underestimate creatures who killed your father. The family faced the remains of Hema. Why aren't they here now, Karihi said. Sunlight is lethal to them, their mother said. Their days are spent in the ocean, but they sleep here. The sun dipped into the sea. Tafaki gritted his teeth. Karihi and I will turn invisible and stay here. 
Meet us beside this door when they are sleeping. The brothers cast an incantation, then climbed into the rafters. A goblin emerged from the ocean. The rest followed several paces behind. The goblin entered the hut, scanned the area. A scent lingered in the air. Its eyes rolled towards the ceiling. He was shoved forward. Why do you take so long? The goblins yelled. We are tired. They closed the door behind them, got comfortable, and in a few minutes were snoring. Tafaki's mother crept towards the door. The elder goblin stirred. Why do you move? Does the sun approach? No, it is still night. Go back to sleep. He rolled over and snored. The mother met her sons. Tafaki smiled. Lie to them about it being night. We'll block the sun until it rises, then expose them when it's up. The sons quietly filled the hut's holes while the mother kept assuring the elder goblin night was still upon them. When the sun cleared the ocean, the family exposed the goblins to the light and the creatures died. Tafaki gathered their father's remains. The family burned down the hut and returned home. Word of the brothers' daring rescue spread. Decades later, the Pacific and Heavens knew of the duel. One celestial woman took an interest in Tafaki, whose wife passed and children started families. One night, she visited Tafaki, but couldn't resist being away from him and continued her visits. Tafaki didn't know what to make of her since she only appeared at night. She became pregnant confessed she was from the heavenly plane, and they married. During the birth of their child, she told Tafaki if they had a son, she'd bathe him, but if they had a daughter, he was to bathe her. This needed to be done to ensure their child's rank and future. Tafaki agreed. They had a daughter who was given to Tafaki to bathe. A stench filled his nostrils, and he commented on how their daughter smelled. His wife's eyes narrowed. She snatched their daughter. Tafaki begged forgiveness, but mother and daughter were in the heavenly realm. Tafaki vented his anger and searched for a way to make amends. Several nights later, he learned of a path to the heavens. He asked his brother Karihi to accompany him, and he agreed. Their journey took them to the heavenly path. Then they found themselves outside a house where an old woman counted ten taro plants by feel. Tafaki lay down and stole a plant. When she only counted nine, she trembled and recounted. Karihi joined his brother and stole a plant. When the woman only counted eight, she cried. Karihi leaned into Tafaki. I guess she really is blind. The woman frowned, drew her weapon, and sliced the air above the prone brothers. Who are you? Who dares trespass? We are sorry, Tafaki said. We mean you no harm. I am Tafaki, and this is my brother, Karihi. The old woman gasped. Tafaki? Karihi? I am your grandmother. Are you hurt? No, we are fine. I'm sorry, their grandmother said. I wish I could see you. Tafaki pressed his hand against her eyes, and her vision was restored. She embraced them and asked why they were here. Tafaki told her he would like to be reunited with his wife. Their grandmother nodded. You are just in atoning. Rest here the night, for your path is still long. The brothers agreed. 
The next day, their grandmother showed them the spiderwebs to the heavens, but warned to only climb the ones anchored to the world, and once they start climbing, don't look down or they'll panic. Kurihi jumped on a loose one. He swung towards the horizon. When he returned, Tafaki told him to jump. Kurihi did and landed in the taro patch. Tafaki told Kurihi to return home, for it'd do no good if both of them were to perish. Kurihi reluctantly agreed and wished his brother luck. Tafaki climbed the line. After some time, the great eel, Tuna, approached, slithering down the line. Tafaki, Tuna said, what brings you to this realm? Oh, great Tuna, I wish to be reunited with my wife and child, that is all. My business does not involve you. Very well, Tuna said. Let us rest and talk, since the way is long, and there is no hatred between us. Tafaki agreed and learned some of Tuna's mystic ways. The two thanked each other and continued their paths. Tafaki encountered the ancestors. They welcomed him and taught him more mystic ways. In the heavenly realm, Tafaki didn't know how its inhabitants would welcome him. He chanted one of his new incantations and became an old man. Chopping from the wooded area got his attention. He followed the sounds and found several young men working on a canoe. They called over the old man and mocked him. They noticed the sun was low and made the old man carry their heavy axes. Tafaki took them and told the men to walk slow since the tools were heavy and he didn't know where they were going. The men sighed and took half steps, but their lead still increased. Tafaki's feet shuffled. Hold on, I'm right behind you. The men groaned. When they were out of sight, Tafaki returned to the canoe, dropped his enchantment, quickly made several chops, donned his old man appearance, then returned to the men. Old man, the men yelled. Are you still back there? Yes, I'm still right behind you. The men shook their heads. Tafaki continued working on the canoe in spurts. He stopped when they approached a village. The men bragged to the women of how they found their new slave and told them their slave could carry their things. The women laughed while handing their things to Tafaki, who accepted this as part of his atonement. Near their home, Tafaki's wife scolded the men because their niece was sleeping. Tafaki went to his wife. His brother-in-law stopped him. Where are you going? It's Tapu to begin there with her. Tafaki passed them. The men grabbed him. Leave him, his wife said. But it's, I said, leave him. They released Tafaki, and he sat beside his wife and daughter. The next day, Tafaki joined his brother-in-laws and carried their axes to the canoe. The work he did shocked them. They admired the canoe, asking, who did this? It couldn't be Tane's wood spirits, for they are not in our realm. They worked till the sun began setting, gave Tafaki their axes, and again trailed behind them while working on the canoe in spurts. The following day, the brothers were again shocked. This time, they agreed to come back and hide in the bushes when they get clear of the old man since he'd slow them down. When they did this, Tafaki appeared beside the canoe, changed into himself, and began his work. The brothers didn't recognize Tafaki, ran home and described him to their sister, asking if he was her husband. 
She agreed it sounded like him, and Tafaki's old man form appeared in the doorway. Tell me who you are, his wife said. He went to their daughter. Tafaki, is that you? He held his infant. Why are you here? He faced his wife. I'm here to ensure our daughter gets the proper life, fortune, and respect she deserves. Husband and wife embraced each other. The following day, Tafaki completed his daughter's ceremony. He became the god of thunder and lightning, and they lived happily in the heavenly plain. Do you know who the Hawaiian volcano god was before Pele? Or who the Hawaiian god of poison was? Become a Legends from the Pacific Patreon member to hear these rare stories, enjoy early access to our episodes, and other nifty benefits. So click the link in our show notes and become a Legends from the Pacific Patreon member today. As always, a big mahalo nui to our Patreon members, whose support keeps our show going. Just a reminder that our show is now released on Wednesdays instead of Sunday, but I do my best to have new episodes for our Patreon members before the weekend. It is believed thunder is from Tafaki's walking in the heavens and lightning is from his armpits. While he is a popular deity, he is known by different names throughout the Pacific, which made this a challenging episode to research since there were so many variations to his stories and connections to other deities and creatures, like the Patupayarihi. You see, some speculated the water goblins, or Ponaturi, from our second story, were Patupayarihi. As far as variations, in our closing story, it was vines or roots that needed to be climbed instead of spiderwebs. And instead of Tafaki's brother, Karihi, returning home, he either died by picking a wrong web line or was killed another way. Another interesting twist is Tafaki restored his grandmother's sight with Karihi's eyes. Then finally, Tafaki's second wife was actually his celestial sister. Crazy. Today, Tafaki is the name of a New Zealand aerospace project. There's also more about Tafaki, but that's a story for another time. So, what'd we learn? One thing I really appreciated about our last story was when Tafaki disguised himself as an old man. While many heroes disguise themselves as older individuals, I really got the vibe of the Arthurian stories with this one. If you like what you heard, please give us a rating and write a review. I'd really appreciate it. Our theme song is Mystery by Tavana, courtesy of High Sessions. Sound effects are by Sound Effects Factory. Our music coordinator is Matt Duffy, a.k.a. DJ Triple Bypass. Links and channels can be found on our website, legendsfromthepacific.com, including a link to your featured song, which is Dance in the Rain by Mango Season, courtesy of High Sessions. Legends from the Pacific was written, produced, and edited by me, Kamuela Kaneshiro. I also wrote original stories. Your featured Hawaiian word is la'au hihi. La'au hihi means vine. An example of la'au hihi is Tarzan and George of the Jungle swing on la'au hihi. Once again, la'au hihi is Hawaiian for vine. Watch out for that tree! Thank you once again for listening. Mahalo and a hui ho! Hey.